Hey podcast listeners, welcome to our podcast, Celeb Who, where we tell you the life story of a celebrity and you, the listener, gets the opportunity to guess which celebrity that is. I'm your host, Alejandra. And I'm your co-host, Cameron. And you're listening to Celeb Who. Here we are, another Monday. Monday, woo woo! Hopefully, the best part of your guys' day. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just jump right into it, yeah. Yes. Okay, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I suggest you stop and uh, check out last week's episode because we're about to ruin it for you here, <laughs> right? Um, also, don't forget there is the book giveaway that is currently going on for the Ascension book. Um, we posted on Instagram and Twitter, and just kind of keep an eye out for that. And also we have the Starbucks giveaway that is ending in two weeks, I think it is. Yes. Two weeks, and that is a $5 or $10 gift card uh, to Starbucks, and um, the details are on our um, Instagram. So we'll go ahead and uh, reveal the big uh, celebrity from last week, the yeah? The big reveal. The big reveal. I'm, I think a lot of people are going to kick themselves about this one and say, oh, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, right? <laughs> even I didn't have an, like, I didn't know his whole life story. You know? I really didn't know a lot of this until I actually searched it up myself too. But last week's episode was Drummer. Sylvester Stallone. Ooh. That's right. Rocky, the main man of Rocky. He actually wrote Rocky. And that was the role that he really wanted to be the protagonist in. And where he, you know, got his first uh, acting break, really. Dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also wrote Rambo. Well, the screenplay for it, it was based off of an actual book. And a lot of people didn't know this, and I didn't include it in the episode just because there was so much information that we were kind of drawing from. But he actually wrote a book as well called Paradise Alley. So if you have time and like to read, check that out. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was our celebrity from last week. So our big celebrity, who yeah. would have known? Congratulations to everybody that got it right, and um, bummer to those of you who did. <laughs> you'll get another chance this week. So um, I know Ollie's got a really, really good episode for this one. So I'm so excited. She's very excited. So we're just gonna jump right into it. All right, take it away. So, today's celebrity, we're going to name him Robert. Now, Robert was born on May 16, 1944 in Maywood, California. That's in L.A. L.A.? Your old stomping ground. Yes, I'm a very proud L.A. girl. (laughs) (laughs) So, I apologize in advance because we're going to be doing quite of jumping around in this episode, but please bear with me. It's a good one, I promise. So Robert grew up in a Mexican-American home, very tight-knit family. They moved around quite a bit from Temple Street to Echo Park. And then he got into a little bit of trouble and he had to go to Texas for what was supposed to be three years, but he only lasted one summer. So jokingly, he says any place that he has to shoot mosquitoes with a 22. Nah. <laughs> Wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Why'd you go with Robert instead of Roberto? <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's Mexican, I had to put an O back there. <laughs> You're funny. Anyways, 
At the age of 13, his parents buy a house in Pacoima where he grows up. We're going to backtrack a little bit to when he's eight years old. At only eight years old, his uncle, we're going to name him Billy, who was into some heavy stuff, got Robert high on weed for the first time. Then at 12 years old, he caught his uncle Billy doing heroin and he threatened to tell on him if he didn't give him any. <laughs> That's kind of like the opposite of what I expected. I expected uh, he threatened to tell on him if he continued to do it. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no, I guess he just, he wanted all in. <laughs> all right, yeah. 12 years old, you know. Yeah, we grew very different. <laughs> At 10 years old, Robert accidentally hits a girl with a bat. It was a game. He didn't purposefully do it, but he was labeled as the bad kid. So when the police were called, he ran away and they ended up taking him to juvenile hall to scare him. But I'm not sure that that was the right tactic for him. <laughs> he says his grandfather was very tyrant. He's very girl-like, um, kind of tough, tough guy. Hmm. He had six boys and they were the baddest, like just tough men. And from in the neighborhood and he says that he ran those men like you know he would give them that look and they just knew like oh boy all the like whoosh, stare yes <laughs> you know the <clears throat> <laughs> so he recalls a time when he was about 12 years old again and his grandfather is yelling at him and billy for something and robert says he was ready to poop his pants from squeezing so hard because he knew they were going to get smacked or hit or, you know, something. <laughs> so he glances over at his uncle and he is staring at death. Like, he, he I mean, he is scared and his uncle is, like, not phased at all. If looks could kill, his profession would be staring, right? <laughs> exactly. And he's just nodding off. Billy's just nodding off. And his grandfather was so upset, he curses in Spanish and leaves. He just leaves them. I mean, they got lucky. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say it's probably smart. <laughs> it was for their own self defense that he left. Yeah, really. So he thought his uncle was so cool and bad for doing, for doing that. When in reality, he was probably just too high to care, and was nodding off. <laughs> so Robert wanted to ju be just like his uncle. And that's when Robert starts to drink a lot. Eventually, Billy started sending Robert up to the dope house, which later Billy started dealing and Robert was there and he was his mule, he says. There were gangbangers, but at this time, it was much different than it is today. There were cities and neighborhoods and they would just split them. So one city is like one gang and then another city is another gang. And they just, for the most part, they stay in their neighborhoods doing their thing. That's pretty much how I remember it when I was growing up. And then as I got older, it started to escalate and get a little more scary. You would hear more about like shootings and people that were just caught in the crossfire. So from a young age, 
We can see he's around a lot of hardcore stuff. It catches up with him and he gets sent to juvenile hall. In an interview, he says, I went to juvenile hall so much, I thought Mexicans were supposed to go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, in a city like LA where they're predominantly Mexican, Hispanic anyway, Mm -hmm. that is probably all he really saw. You know, he didn't see a lot of other people being sent to jail. And so maybe it kind of warped his thought of, you know, what jail was. Yeah, he does say that juvenile hall, he, he remembers it was just... It was mostly Mexicans and what he calls brothers. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, Mexican and black people. Robert recalls when he was eight years old, he was trying to get the girl next door to lift up her shirt for him and she wouldn't do it. So his uncle Billy and his friend, they show up from, they were robbery buddies. So they show up and they, they just have a, a bunch of money on them and they're kind of showing it off and they give Robert all the ones because they really just wanted the big bills they you know I mean you you kind of just here you go buddy and like I'll take the bigger bills I guess uh-huh. <laughs> that was nice of them I guess <laughs> pink proppers <laughs> it was nice of them though gave a couple ones Robert gets a total of about $18 and he turns to the girl and he says, I'll give you $3 if you lift up your shirt. And she does. I was going to say kudos to this girl for like <laughs> fending him off so long. and then, But $3 in, she's like, I'm done. Yeah. So from that moment on, he was hooked on money. He knew the power that money had, which led him later down the same path as Billy. At 14 years old, Billy brought him along on an armed robbery. It was a circle liquor store and they didn't even wear masks. I mean, sloppy, right? That was not Robert's first armed robbery though. His first robbery was him and another buddy. They robbed a market. They had a revolver which he had to hold the top of, I guess. I don't know how most guns work, but I guess he had to hold the top of the revolver and he pointed it at the cashier. It was probably one where you have to pull the hammer back in order to shoot it. Probably. I'm not sure. That's only... Well, (laughs) I'm not a gun expert, but I assume that's probably why. The cashier of this market was an Asian woman and she gave him $8. And he says... No, give me that one in the box. And he's he's pointing with the gun. But as he's pointing with the gun, he accidentally takes his hand off the gun and drops it. And so his friend starts laughing at him. And he grabs the $8 and they run away. That stuff, it just excited him and he enjoyed it. I mean, I guess he, it was pretty funny to him. He like... He dropped his gun. I don't know about them back then, but that gun is full of fingerprints. <laughs> well, I, I also think the funniest part is $8. It was yeah. for $8. He got $8. Spending most of his youth in juvenile hall and youth authority, 18-year-old Robert is now released from youth authority. And he and a bunch of guys join a car club, even though they didn't own any cars. 
They didn't have cars. <laughs> it's like joining Fight Club, but not planning on flight fighting. <laughs> right. He was part of a group that when they walked into a place, people knew something was going to happen. Like it was those kinds of guys, you know, like you just know something's about to go down. So Robert says they terrorized San Fernando Valley. Luckily, he was never shot. He was shot at and he was also never stabbed. Even though somebody once tried to stab him, he purposefully had a life magazine, those thick ones, on himself. He, I guess he was prepared for, <laughs> for the fight to go down. He thought he had gotten stabbed because he had gotten the wind knocked out of him and there was so much blood. But apparently the other guy ended up cutting himself with the knife because it slipped. But believe it or not, now the San Fernando Valley holds a huge mural that pays tribute to him. Now, what's next is about to get even darker. This episode of Celeb Who is brought to you by Ascension. What's Ascension, you may be asking? Well, let me tell you. Ascension is the first book of the Ascension series by a young and independently published author named Jesse Glazuski. Now, let me tell you that this book is so freaking good. It's the type of book that after every single chapter leaves you wanting to keep reading to find out what's going to happen. I found myself staying up very, very late trying to find out what happens next. Now, just to give you an idea of what this book is about, I'm going to read the synopsis on the back. When 16-year-old Alexander Briggs is recruited into a secret society of similarly gifted teens, he is asked to give up everything in the process. Everything. In exchange, they promise to teach him how to control his powers and give purpose to them in the process. They tell him his potential is boundless. But should such power exist without bound? Can choices be changed? Fates avoided. Futures made new. Or is there nothing that can be done to fight against and stop the darkness mobilizing within the Sumus Exitum? There is so much to this book, and the description in the book alone paints you a clear picture of exactly what is going on. Now, where can you get this great book, you might ask? Well, you can get it on Amazon and Kindle. And for a limited time, you can snag a Kindle version of the book for free starting today. The book again is called Ascension. That's A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N by Jesse Glazuski. Now the last name is G-L-A-Z-E-W-S-K-I. And maybe you're not a big reader or don't always have the time to read like myself. Well, you're in luck because Ascension also comes in audiobook form. We have a short clip of the audiobook that we're going to go ahead and play for you. The men proceed to walk me across a large grass lawn toward a black, unmarked car a few hundred feet away. It's now or never. I can see that to the right of our position, just past the driveway and the chain-linked gate, there is a dense, thick wall of wooded trees where I could surely lose the men if I first knock them back with a forceful push. One hundred feet from the car. Now sixty. Focusing on the two bodies now, to my left, and my right. Fifty. Forty feet. 
Taking a breath, I throw out my arms across my body, sending both men flying in opposite directions, at least twenty feet apart. The power of the force surprises even me. I must be getting stronger. I believe that this book is worth a read so much that we are giving away a free copy to one of our lucky listeners. That's right. Along with our Starbucks giveaway, which is ending August 23rd, we are giving away a free copy of Ascension. To enter, just comment your guess on who this week's celebrity is on our post about Ascension on Instagram or on Twitter at CelebWhoPodcast and use the hashtag Ascension. Remember that you do need to be following to be entered to win. We will pick a winner for Ascension giveaway the same day we do our Starbucks giveaway. But wait, there's more. Tag your friends on that same post and we will give you additional entries for each friend tagged up to 5 extra entries. But wait, there's even more. If you show us proof of a purchase, download, or review slash rating of the book, we will give you an additional entry into our Starbucks giveaway. Now, Jesse is a strong and upcoming author who is working on many books, including the second book of the Ascension series. Now, trust me, after you read the first one, you will be begging him to finish the second one. Okay, get this. Robert is out with a girl, and there are two sailors who are apparently being rude to her, so he fights them both. He's able to grab a bottle and stabs one of them. Both sailors were hurt pretty bad, so he leaves. Police officers pick him up, and he's sent to prison. Now he's 18, so he can be charged as an adult. Robert says the difference between youth authority and prison is only new people. Going from juvenile hall to youth authority, which is really like a prep school for prison, and then to prison is... It was like he really was prepped and he knew everybody already. It's pretty sad if you think about it. That's quite the reputation to, you know, go from youth authority, juvenile hall, and then getting to prison and being like, hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Right? Yeah. yeah it was like a, like, Going home. up from junior high to high school or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Robert has been to plenty of prisons, even San Quentin, but he says Tracy was actually the worst place he had been in because they were like gladiators in there, like the toughest, the strongest ones. It, the tougher and stronger one you took down, the better you were. What exactly is Tracy or where, where is Tracy? So Tracy is the name of the prison and it's located somewhere between Modesto and Stockton. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it was the toughest and strongest guy you took down was it just made you better. And it was like a stepping stone for San Quentin because by then people already knew you. And in prison, there are only two types of people. This is what Robert says. There's predators and prey. Although he admits he was never in the Mexican mafia, he knew them all because of the places he had been. Let me ask you a question. Why didn't he ever join the Mexican mafia if you say that, you know, he 
pretty much knew all of them and lived the same lifestyle as them. Yeah, well, because although he had done everything he had in his youth, he always knew that there was more than committing his life to somebody else. By joining a gang, you're committing your life to it. His words, not mine, so don't come after me. Gang members are followers, and he doesn't want to be a follower. Now, Robert knew how to fight at a very young age because of Billy, of course. (laughs) He says he was Billy's sparring partner when in reality he was like his punching bag. So he knows how to take a hit too. Yeah, so he had to learn how to block and fight. Now, while he was in prison, he started boxing, which kept him out of a lot of stuff in prison. And that's all he has to say about that. (laughs) Guys, when I say Robert can fight, I mean this guy can fight. He was lightweight and welterweight champion in every institution he was in. While in prison, he actually becomes addicted to heroin. He actually admits he doesn't think he was ever not addicted to heroin. But he last kicked the habit while in Soledad in 1968 he attended 12-step programs to help and that helped him put addiction in his past so on may 5th 1968 he's 24 at the time a riot breaks out in soledad which is another prison and he and two other inmates were facing the death sentence for allegedly throwing a rock at a lieutenant which hit his head while in air quotes the hole he remembers saying god if you're there me ray and henry will be all right if you're not we are effed he wanted to die with dignity and he asked god if he did he would say his name every day and would do whatever he could to help his fellow inmates He recalls saying inmates because he honestly thought he was never going to leave prison. So spoiler alert, he does. (laughs) So after not being able to prove that he threw the rock that hit the lieutenant, he served one more year and was then released on August 23rd, 1969. He doesn't leave prison empty-handed though. He leaves with his signature tattoo, which took years and three different prisons to get done by the same guy, and a high school diploma. Can we have a round of applause for this guy, right? Kudos to him. Yeah, he kicks heroin and he, you know. Kicks butt. (laughs) (laughs) Kicks butt and gets his high school diploma. He leaves prison trying to change his life around and trying to figure out how to be a nice guy. He recalls trying to help an old lady that lived on his mom's neighborhood take out her trash and she looks up at him and she says in Spanish, Don't rob me, Robert! Which he responded with, Shut up, vieja! Which means old lady in Spanish and continues to get the cans out for her every night before trash day he would go around the neighborhood helping the elderly take their trash cans out being a boxing champ in prison and now out of prison with the title 
He tried to get a license, but unfortunately couldn't because the boxing commission looked at his record, which led them to reject him. He started club fighting for money, and he was doing really good. He would get a couple hundred dollars a week, but he just felt like it wasn't for him. At that point, he wasn't doing anything illegal, so good for him. But he got a job at an auto shop. Then he and a friend started a gardening business, which did pretty good as well. I don't know what happened to that. Maybe that just wasn't for him either. And then he went to work for a narcotics prevention project. And he thought he got hired because he was going to be a counselor. But really they hired him for muscle work because he could chase the dealers away. <laughs> then he went to work for suicide prevention. And from there in 1974, he worked for Western Pacific MedCorp. While speaking at a Cocaine Anonymous meeting in 1985, he met a kid that changed things for him drastically. The kid tells him he can really relate to Robert, and Robert thinks, there's no way this kid can relate to my life. <laughs> yeah, considering the crazy life he's had, it's a tall bargain. Yeah, really. It's like, what does this kid have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So one day he gets a call from this kid who tells him there's a lot of cocaine where he's working, which was a movie set. He asks if Robert would be okay coming down with him because he was trying to stay clean and stay away from cocaine. And Robert does. So they were just hanging out. And while hanging out with this kid, he gets a job offer as an extra, which would pay $50. He was asked if he could play, get this, a convict. <laughs> That's fitting. <laughs> Not knowing he actually was a convict, obviously. So later, another guy on set sees Robert and he's changing his shirt and notices his very recognizable tattoo. He calls over another guy who saw one of those fights while he was in prison. He asks Robert if he's still fighting, but he was 40 at the time and only training. So they offered him a job to train an actor to box for the movie. But when the director sees Robert, he knows nobody better than Robert himself will play that perfect role, which he does. Movies start rolling in for him and he becomes very successful. I mean, he's so good that in one of his interviews, he states how he begged the director to give him a line in a movie to which the director responds, no, because his face did all the talking for him and he was not given a single line for the film. Robert says acting gives him the same adrenaline rush he used to get from using, doing robberies, and stealing cars. He's been fortunate enough to have worked alongside many big actors. I mean, just a few of them are Robert De Niro, Selma Hayek, Antonio Banderas, Jessica Alba, Michelle Rodriguez, Steven Seagal, George Clooney, Al Pacino, John Voight, Johnny Depp, Eva Mendez, And the list literally goes on and on. 
He's had quite the past, but he made his way to a great career. He might be one of the scariest looking men, but so many people have said he's one of the nicest, most approachable Hollywood stars. Robert has been married four times, and he's actually tried to make amends with the women that he's been involved with because he hasn't been the best of husbands. <laughs> And he also has five children, one of which he named after his uncle, Billy. Billy died from an overdose. Just FYI. At this point, he's done a little bit of everything, but he decides to add even more to his list. And he opens a string of restaurants along Los Angeles along with a donut shop, and he even started a record company. I do want to mention, though, that his restaurants also offer vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free, which gluten-free he wanted to incorporate because he worked with autistic kids, and doctors have said that gluten-free diets are so good for them to intake. Guys, this guy is just so down to earth, always doing his best to really help anybody. Some people make promises but seem to never get to go through with what they promised, but he really has kept his promise to God. I'm a huge fan of this guy, truly, truly, it doesn't matter the places you have been in in life. He is a perfect example of how you can get through anything if you just keep pushing through. Robert has been clean now for a little over 50 years and he's a huge advocate for many different charities and causes from helping kids to addicts to homeless to hospitals and even rescue animals. He has adopted five that I know of, five dogs, which is pretty impressive. I mean... I hope he has a big backyard. Yeah, or a ranch, <laughs> or some. Yeah. So I'm going to end today's episode with a quote of his. He says, Everything good that has happened to me has happened as a direct result of helping someone else. Everything. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, use the hashtag CelebWho to tell us who your guess is. And go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CelebWhoPodcast. And we actually have a website up and running now finally. And it is CelebWho.wordpress.com. Go ahead and check that out. And be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a a rating and a review. And uh, if you like it, you know, five-star rating. That'd be be cool. That'd be great. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Um, So thanks again for listening. And can't wait to uh, talk with you guys next week.